Hello and welcome to Tales of the Texas Rangers from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Rangers starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement party in North America. It is 4.47 p.m. the afternoon of October 29, 1927. Liz Ferris, a chambermaid at the Hotel Alamo in the town of Limpia, Texas, approaches Sam Bixby, the desk clerk. Mr. Bixby. Hmm? Oh, Liz, thought you went home. Uh, can't see if I'll ever get home until I get the rooms finished. I still ain't been in room 114. 114? Mm-hmm. That's Mr. Boland's room. Oh, he went out a couple hours ago. Well, he left one of them do not disturb cards on his door just the same. His key ain't in the box there. I looked before while you were sorting out the mail. Well, he probably just forgot to leave his key. You got your pass key, you can get in. Well, how'd you know he didn't come back again without you seeing him? Well, he's in there taking a bath. <laughs> all right, Liz, all right. Come on. I'll come back with you. Give me the keys. Right. Some folks don't care at all when I finish work, as long as they can sleep the day away. Now, Liz, Mr. Boland's been here for two days, and this is the first time he's given you any trouble. Well, if it ain't him, it's somebody else. Well, there's that do not disturb part on the door, like I said. You try knocking? Not on the door, of course I didn't. I got some consideration for other folks, even if they ain't got none for me. Besides, we're on the vacuum cleaning the hall hard enough to wake the dead. Well, he don't answer the knock. Sure he went out. Well, if you're so sure, why don't you open the door then? You, uh, you in, Mr. Bowen? Mr. Bowen? He's out, all right. Go ahead, Liz. All right, I'll make the bed first and get the bed. <laughs> Oh, oh, man, it's right. Stick it up under the bed and, and there's blood on the rug. Let me out of here. No, 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 be quiet, Liz. Don't let the other guests hear you. I'd better call the sheriff right away. Sheriff James Kerfus reached the murder scene and immediately sent out a request for assistance from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to investigate. He joined the sheriff in room 114 of the Alamo Hotel. Everything just like I found it, Ranger. Except I had the bed moved so as I could get a look at the body. Throat sliced, huh? Looks like it was done with a straight-edge razor, Sheriff. Yeah. A weapon ain't around any place, though. 
That's what made me figure it was murder for sure. You could have figured that out even if the razor was around. Hmm? Problems of his hands are cut, too. He tried to grab the razor and get it away from whoever killed him. Oh, see. We better cover him with this sheet. Austin will have fingerprint man here soon. You know who he is? Name on the register is Henry Bolin. Been here two days. Come up from Lone Star to sell some cattle at the auction barn. All the way up here from Lone Star to auction cattle? That's pretty far. Yeah, now that you mention it, is. Yeah, plenty far. Who discovered the body? The district and cleaning woman. You must have passed him out in the hall. I told him to wait right outside. Yeah, I saw him. We better talk to him. Right. Oh, yeah. Hey, Miss uh, Range wants to talk to Oh, sure thing. I already told you all I know, Sheriff. Anybody come in to visit in this room today? Well, it's hard to say, Ranger. A lot of cattlemen in town when the auctions run. Well, nobody stopped by the desk, but you know how it is. Men know each other, visit around. Sure. Well, if they'd been out tending his business like a man ought to be, he mightn't be dead. That's what I think. Now, Liz, I told you he was out. I saw him go. When was this? Hmm? Noon, a little later, maybe. But I didn't see him come in again. Are you sure it was Boland you saw? Might have been somebody dressed like him, wearing his clothes, maybe. Oh, no, I saw him good enough to know for sure. Stopped just a few feet from the desk to wipe his eyeglasses with a handkerchief. Eyeglasses? There's something mm-hmm. wrong with that, Jeez? I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, he wear glasses all the time? Oh, every time yeah, I see him. Sure did. I see. When you opened this door, most of the body was hidden by the bed, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. The bed's been moved since then. I think you better come in and identify the body. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, I'm afraid it's necessary. Because the man in here didn't wear glasses. Oh. Come on. Well, okay. Now, look, he, uh, he wouldn't have to be wearing them when he was killed, you. He never wore them. A man who wears glasses all the time has little pressure marks alongside the bridge of his nose. It's the thing we always look for. Helps with identification. Now, I'll move the sheet. Mm. What? Well, that ain't Mr. Bowen. No, it ain't. Well, then who is this villain? Sheriff, I don't know. I, I never saw him before. He's a lot different. Mr. Bowling not only wore glasses, he had a mustache. And this fella don't. This couldn't be him clean-shaven? No, sir, could not. Looks like Boland isn't our victim, Sheriff. Looks like he's the killer. I made some photos of the dead man, got a quick developing job done, and headed for Lone Star, the town Boland had given us his address. On the way, I called my headquarters and asked to have Ranger Steve Clark meet me there. He was waiting at the county courthouse when I drove up. Howdy, Dave. Howdy, Steve. Been waiting long? Oh, just got here about half an hour ago. Say, what's up? Headquarters fill you in on the killing of the Alamo Hotel in Limpia? Yeah, they told me about it. Good. How far out's the Boland Ranch? Well, it begins nine miles southwest. What do we do, go out and grab Bolin? If he's around, but it isn't likely. After checking out of that hotel and leaving a dead man in his room... Why'd you head this way, then? Well, nobody at Limpia had seen the dead man before. We've got to find out who he is. If there was bad blood between him and Bolin, somebody around here might know about it. That's a good thought. I'll let my horse in with yours, and we can go out to the ranch and wake him up. <laughs> big, spreading and sprawling out south of the main highway. The ranch house was deserted except for a Mexican woman. She was frightened and wouldn't unlatch the screen door. We just want to talk to you, ma'am. Go away, go away. You come back again when Mr. Boland is here. We're Texas Rangers. 
We just want some information from you. I know nothing, please. You go away. If Mr. Boland is in there, we'd like to talk to him. No one is here, senor. No one but me. Oh, do you any good to hide him, ma'am? If he's not there, why can't we come in and look around? No. We should have gotten the search warrant, Chase. Nah, she's just frightened because she's alone. There will be somebody else around a ranch of this size. Boland must have hands. Yeah. Uh, where are the men, senora? The vaqueros who work on the ranch. Round up. All else who work, they round up. All right, senora. You can go back to bed. We'll go talk to them. <laughs> you, senora, wasn't too happy to see you, boy. I know. Well, let's get the horses out of the trailer. You really want to look for those cowpokes tonight? Yeah, because we got plenty of other things to do in the morning. Come on, Sarko. What's on your mind for the morning? Find out where Boland banks. Watch his account so we can trace him if he cashes a check any place. Hey, it'll make it tougher for him to hide, all right. That's how I want to make it tough. Well, let's ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boland had plenty of stock, all right. We passed cows and calves for the score. But brown marks showed that the main herds, the selling beef, were driving south. Railroad runs to the south, Chase. Just a move them that way for shipping. Figures. That's why we had to ride so far. Yeah, it must make taking three or four days to cut out the steers and drive them to a main camp. Ought to be spotting some riders soon. Trail marks have been getting pressure. And if we don't, we're going to have to rest these ponies. We've been knocking on them steady now for about... It's all right. We're getting yeah. close. They can rest soon. Look. Where? Ace over there in the moonlight. Look down at the base. On the east end. Yeah, campfire. Come on, sir. See the stock now, only part of the herd from the looks of it. Well, they got a few folks working each section, driving into the railhead from different angles. They can drive them any way they want. All I want is somebody who can identify the photographs of a dead man. Campfire there, all right, Chase. Nobody around it. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Must have been made by cowpokes. They gotta be around. Horses couldn't move, Bob. They were hobbled, but there ain't any horses inside either. Nothing but part of the herd. Then they moved around the other side of the mesa. <coughs> oh, who's that? Where'd that chuck come from, Jake? Up a brush and rock, the edge of the mesa. Oh, easy. Oh, shoot, Where are you? we can see you keep your hands high. Not while you're gunning from cover. Who are you? This trailer's small. Never mind the introductions, fella. You always throw lead at anybody riding this range? I fired over your head. Just a warning. A warning for what? It's orders, Rangers. Somebody's been making off with some stock, and Boland told us to be on the lookout for strange riders. Boland? He around? No. When'd you see him last? Just before we started out on Roundup. Tuller and I ain't seen anybody but each other for almost a week. And you don't have any idea where your boss might be? How would we know? You seem mighty anxious to find him. I am mighty anxious. Yeah, boss in uh, some kind of trouble? He's in plenty of trouble. 
He'll find it out sooner or later. Yeah. He's wanted for murdering a man in a hotel in Limpia. So if you know where he is or even where he might be, you better talk up. Well, if we knew, we'd tell you right off, but we don't. You know anybody Boland's been having trouble with? Nope. No, boss never had trouble with nobody. It's a dead man who'd disagree with that if he could. Get those photos out of your saddlebag, will you, Steve? Why? Maybe you can identify the man Boland killed. Here you are, George. Thanks. Here, Teller, you're yeah. too small. Huh? Take a look. Well, say, Ranger, Boland never killed this man. What makes you so sure of that? Because this is the boss. This is a picture of Boland himself. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Room 114, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. You're sure this is a photo of Boland? We ought to know. We've been working for him for a year ever since he came down from Wyoming and bought this spread. That clerk at the hotel in Limpia said he'd never seen this man before. I can't help that. But Boland was registered at that hotel for two days. The clerk said he wore eyeglasses and a mustache. Man, the man he saw wasn't Henry Boland. There's something fishy about this whole thing, Jace. I can't figure why anybody... Wait a minute, Steve. Huh? You fellas said Boland thought somebody was running his stock off? Yes, right. Is his brand registered? Well, sure it is. Box B brand. Thanks. If you want any more information, we'll be out to see you later. Come on, Steve. But, Jay, sweet. Come on. Get on. Get up, sir. Get up. Come on. Oh, you catch the man you What's on your mind, Jace? What'd you ask about the missing cattle and the brand registration? Poland thought some of his cattle were missing. The registered brand stolen cattle are hard to get rid of. It wouldn't be so hard if the thief took them to an out-of-the-way auction barn like the one in Limpia and then pretended to be Boland when he sold them. Hey, Jase, that makes sense. Sure it does. That's why somebody registered the Alamo under Boland's name. Then Boland must have found out about it, went up to Limpia for his showdown, and got himself killed. That's the picture. I'll buy it, Jase, but who killed it? That's something we're going to have to find out. Whoever it was, it was somebody Boland knew. Or he wouldn't have been able to follow him to that hotel room. And if the cattle were sold from here by somebody Boland knew, and Boland hadn't been here very long, the thief might have been one of his own ranch hands. We'll play it that way, Steve. Let's stick around here and see if we can find a poke with a mustache and eyeglasses. During the next morning, we spotted a pair of riders and asked if they knew of a hand with a mustache and glasses. There was such a man on the ranch, and they told us what general direction he might be working in. A couple of hours later, we found him alone, pushing some strays out of a blind draw. That's him, Jase. Just saw the sun reflect on his glasses. Let's go. until I get your rifle. Now, look, Ranger. When you come riding down on me like I've done something and grab my gun, I reckon I've got a right to know what it's all about. You been at the Alamo Hotel in Limpia recently? Never been in Limpia in my whole life. Where you been for the past four days? Right here on this range, working. Anybody with you? No, just me. How come? 
The other hands are working in twos and threes. Well, I ain't. I've been working through this Badland strip. No herding here. Nothing but a few strays that one man can dig out. That's how come. Anybody seen you here in the last couple of days? How could anybody see me? I've been way back in that scrub canyon. Yeah. And nobody saw you there. Nobody'd see you if you weren't there, either. What's your name? Dave Booden. Booden, huh? All right, you better come with us. Come with you? For what? I ain't coming anyplace. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Somebody murdered your boss, Henry Boland, up in Limpia yesterday. Murdered Hank Boland? That's right. The description of the killer fits you. What? Well, you're crazy. I, I've been right here, I tell you. Tell me anything you want. But you're coming to Limpia. I want a couple of people to get a look at you. We got back to the car and drove Dave Booden to the sheriff's office in Limpia to see if he could be identified. Ranger, I'm telling you, I ain't never been near this town. You haven't been here. You got nothing to worry about. Did you send for the chambermaid and the desk clerk, sir? Yeah, yeah, they'd be here right off. Thanks. As a matter of fact, they'd come now at the outside steps. You see him through the window. Ranger, I'm telling you, you better not say anything just now, Booden. Come in. Howdy, howdy. Uh, reckon you remember the ranger here? Ain't likely would forget him after seeing him only yesterday. Liz, Mister Bixby, I want you to meet Mister Booden. Hi. Howdy. Howdy. Doesn't seem like you've ever met Mr. Booden before. I thought maybe you had. Nope. Can't say I ever had the pleasure. Mm, me neither. Although for a minute he did look like... Like who? Now listen, lady, you know... Oh, Fire, Booden. Oh, what's everybody getting excited about? I was just going to say, he looks like Charlene's old beau, the one that run off when everybody expected he was going to get married. Already, <laughs> already. Thanks, Liz, Mr. Bixby. We just wanted to be sure that this man wasn't the one who was registered under the name of Henry Boland. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, no, nothing like him. Except for the eyeglasses and the mustache. Yeah, I guess we might as well let these folks go back to the hotel, Jason. Yeah, it's like you were telling the truth, Putin. I'm sorry. No harm done, Major. No way you could have known. Uh, geez, I've been thinking... You suppose a mustache and eyeglasses might have been a disguise to throw us off? That's a thought, Sheriff. It's been done before. Well, I ain't the way it was this time, Ranger. Why not, Dixie? Well, them glasses may have been fake, but not the mustache. Man, you're after had a real mustache. I know, because I seen him in the barber shop, and the barber trimmed it. Put Booden on the bus to Lone Star and sent him back to the Boland Ranch. Clark and I spent the next day questioning everybody in Limpia. The crew at the auction barn, cattlemen, everybody. They couldn't add a thing to what we already knew. When we got back to the sheriff's office, there was more bad news. Had a call from your headquarters in Austin, Jays. They checked those prints the lab crew lifted from 114. Whoever left him had no record. Yeah, that does it. I still think it must have been somebody from Boland's ranch. Somebody he knew. That's what we think, and that's the way it looks. Let's face it, Jace. Could have been a stranger stole the cattle. Boland found out about it, went in for a showdown like any hothead, and got himself killed. Killer could have come in from any direction and left in any direction. Yeah, that's right, Jace. No way you're telling Come in. I'll be, Sheriff. Yeah. Something we can do for you? Well, my name is Denny. I drive a line haul for interstate trucking. Route between New Orleans and El Paso. I think I got some information you might want. Leastwise, I thought so over at the Alamo Hotel. What kind of information? This. Key to room 114, Alamo. Where'd you get this? Was it? Was night before last. Night of the day Bowden was killed, Jake. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so the relief man was driving. We made a coffee stop, placed by 40 miles this side Lone Star. Pulled a truck in the side of the service station there. 
I was sleeping and didn't want no coffee, so I stayed in the cab and dozed while a relay man went inside. I got it. Go on. Well, cattle truck pulled in for gas. Empty. Empty cattle truck, huh? Headed which way? Southwest. Thought Lone Star. You notice the license? Uh, no, no, but there was a mark on the side box with a B in the middle of it. Bowling's box B branch, yes? Must have been the truck used to haul the stolen cattle up here. Yeah, to haul the killer back to the ranch. Uh, what about the key? I was coming to that. Uh, fell in the cattle truck, he paid for the gas. I didn't say him too good. Uh, I was just sort of slumped in my cab. You know, half groggy, not exactly watching him, but seeing him. I know what you mean. Well, when he fished the money out of his pocket, I saw him kind of look at something he dug out with it. Then he sort of looked around like he was looking for some place to throw it. Station man left him to go inside the change. Then the fellow walked right past my truck real quick. He couldn't see me, of course, because the cab was dark, and I heard him throw something. Make kind of a clink. Then he went back to the cattle rig and drove off. This one threw away this hotel key here? That's it. I found it when my partner came out. We went back to check the top and the tailgate, and I sort of looked around and found the key with my flash. How come you didn't just drop it in the mailbox? Well, we had a lot of stops along the line, loading, unloading. And the route came right through here. Thought I'd stop in, just drop it off. Information help in? It sure does. Thanks. My headquarters will see to it. Your boss hears about it, too. Sheriff, better take down his statement. Okay, yes. Come on, Steve. See you later. All right, yes. Heading back to Lone Star. That's the wheels will turn. Pile in. Yeah. Now we're going to narrow it down, Jase. Booten was the only hand with a mustache and the glasses. He's clear. Glasses still could have been phony. Something the killer wore only while he was in Limpia. We know the mustache wasn't a phony. Bowen's hands have been on Roundup for a couple of weeks. A lot of them let their beards grow. Would have been a simple matter to shave the beard and leave a lip cover. Sneak away with a load of cattle and then shave clean before he got back. I know, I know, but Booten was the only hand working alone. One of the others did it and disappeared for a few days. His sidekick know about it. It doesn't have to be a one-man job, Steve. Sidekick could be in on it, too. Yeah, that figures. Well, what's our play, Jase? Fingerprint them all and get a check on the prints up at Austin? I think we can wrap it up quicker than that. We know the killer doesn't have a beard now. and uses a straight razor. That was the murder weapon. Yeah. Booten can tell us which of the men shaved with straight razors. Once we know that, we can settle the rest with a camera I got in the car trunk. Now... By asking the straight razor men if they'd like to pose for a couple of identification pictures with eyeglasses and a phony mustache. Tell them we'll have to hold them until the pictures are seen by a couple of witnesses in Lempia. That ought to flush some action from them. Action. I'm betting the man who killed Boland will raise more fuss than the alligator when the lake went dry. Got back to Lone Star just in time. The bank had taken over the management of Boland's ranch as executors, and the roundup was just about complete. Last the herd was being driven into the stock pens in the railroad siding when we reached the south end of the ranch. There's Booten, Jason. Take care of the horses over there by the corral. Yeah. Come on. Hey, Booten. Hey, Booten. I want to talk to you a minute. How are you making out? I'll make out fine if you would help. Pretty sure it was somebody on the ranch who killed your boss. Well, how can I help you? Just tell me which of the folks used straight razors for shaving. Hmm. Well, let's see. There's Jones and Tuller and Happy. Tuller, huh? Hey, Jase, is he the bright boy that fired out first time we rode out on the range? He's the one, all right. He's clean shaven, too. The fellow with him was named Small. 
You know where they are, Moody? Well, it was over there a minute ago, driving along. Oh, oh, here they come now, Dish, around the end of the corral with the horses. Hey, you better drift away, Moody. Well, thank you. Well, howdy, Ranger. Back again? Yeah. I'd like to have another talk with you, Teller. You too, Small. Sure, ain't you? What's it about? Take your way till you dish, Ma. Well, what do you want? Yeah. Find out who killed Bowling? We're pretty sure it's one of the hands. All you fellas without beards are going in with us. What for? Why? Yeah. What would that prove? Prove plenty when we get what we want. Take photos of all of you with top eyeglasses and mustache on you. A couple of people in Lentia want to see them. Well, if they think they recognize somebody, that ain't legal evidence. We'll have something to help it along. We'll fingerprint the man they think they saw what? because Bowen's killer left his prints all over that hotel room. Wait, it warned me. Shut up, huh? I helped steal the cattle, that's all. I didn't go to Olympia. He did. I told you to shut up, you rat. All right, fella. You can vote. Fella lashed his horse and go behind the other mouth of the rack. The white man will rear it over to not a small enemy before Clark could grab the bridle. Oh, keep your eye on small, Steve. I'm going after Fella. He jumped the fence into the cattle chute, Ranger. I'll climb up. Get him from above. Stay safe. Reflecting on the old-time one-riot-one-ranger reputation of the Texas Rangers, a visitor to Texas recently mentioned to a ranger that he'd been noticing a number of current press reports where two rangers had participated in the quelling of a riot or investigation of a crime. After citing this observance to the ranger, the man asked, how come two men are being assigned to some of these cases now? Are the rangers less effective than they used to be? The lanky ranger shook his head. Oh, no, he said. One ranger is still sufficient to handle the situation, all right, but... 
In these days of complex legal technicalities, we've been sending two of them along. One to take care of what trouble there is, and the other one to serve as a sort of a disinterested witness. Good night, folks. See you next week. Next week, Joe McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Ray is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Town. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Ann Diamond, Herb Bygram, Peggy Weber, Tom McKee, Bill Johnstone, Herb Ellis, and Barney Phillips. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murtop, and the program was produced and directed by Stacey Keith. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Three times mean good times on NBC. Monday chimes mean the best in music on NBC. Tomorrow night, Gordon McRae stars in the Railroad Hour presentation of the operetta The Firefly. The NBC Symphony presents a one-hour concert featuring works by Vivaldi, Wagner, and Stravinsky. Tomorrow's NBC Symphony concert marks the first in the series under the baton of the widely acclaimed young conductor Guido Cantelli. Now, the $64 question. Three chimes mean good times on NBC.